one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast from Amazing If. I'm Sarah Ellis, and I'm here with my co-founder, Helen. Hello. We've called our podcast Squiggly Careers because we think our work life is changing in loads of interesting and, at times, quite challenging ways. And one of those changes is really the amount of stuff that we're all trying to manage at the same time. So you might have different jobs at once, people are trying to juggle work and family life. You know, you might even have a crazy side project like we do, <laughs> uh, which is basically how we run Amazing If, uh, which right now on a Sunday night at quarter past nine is feeling like <laughs> quite a commitment, it has to be said. But it feels like there's so much to do and it's really exciting, but there's almost this pressure in terms of what you're seeing, what you're doing, watching, listening to. And so one of the questions actually we get asked all the time, actually the question I probably get asked the most is, how do you fit it all in? How do you have the time to do all the different things that you do? And we're both pretty squiggly in our own ways. So perhaps, Helen, you could give a, a kind of short pricey into all the different stuff that you've got going on right now. Yeah, do you know, it's a bit daunting when I say this to people because I, I do lots of stuff, not because I think it sounds impressive to do lots of stuff, but because I just, I like doing it. I get a lot of energy from doing it. But sometimes when I tell people, their eyes go a bit wide. So please don't think I'm saying that everyone needs to do <laughs> as much as I do. On some sort of ego trip. <laughs> yeah, which is not at all. I just, I just like doing lots of stuff. So what have I got going on at the moment? So I'm a, a market director for Microsoft, which is my, my full-time role alongside which I'm just finishing my MBA. I guess most importantly, I have two children and uh, a husband and my a little boy who's three and a little girl who's 10 months old and they take up quite a lot of time at the weekends so as well I'm launching a new venture this year called the new work network which is quite exciting I'm a chair of a couple of different judging panels women in marketing and one for the IPA lots of different projects going on and I kind of juggle them all together the best that I can and actually I'll be fascinated because I always feel like you do so much that I'm never sure how you fit it in so um, I never ask you that question we get asked that question but I never really ask you though I know that you know you wake up very early so I think I just put it all down to that so we'll see if it's more than just waking up very early and like you I'm pretty squiggly in a slightly different way so um, I work four days a week as a in a job as a managing director for a marketing agency I spend one day a week working on Amazing If and a charity that I work in called Inspire I've got a seven month old baby called Max who he sort of doesn't take up that much of my time in the day, but he does take up my time at night because he doesn't <laughs> sleep. So the wrong way around. Um, which is so depressing. And, you know, there's other things I love as well. I love, I actually love doing stuff outside of work. So I'm just getting back into playing netball again. 
and I'm a very recent convert, though I'm, I'm really rubbish at it, to the uh, world of flow yoga. I can't even touch my toes. I don't so, even know um, what flow yoga is. I'm still doing a downward dog. Do they uh, do that in flow yoga or is it? Yeah, that's you spend a lot of time. It basically just means like you move and do yoga poses at the same time. But I can't even touch my toes, so uh, I'm clearly not an expert. This is now the Squiggly Career in Yoga podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess for today, because we do get asked this question so much, yeah. we've reflected a bit on how we do make our lives work and also all the times where it doesn't work. Because I think, when you, like you say, when you reel off these things, it sounds often quite impressive. But there are so many times where you just think, oh, this is not working, mm. I'm going to have to do something differently. And you sort of have to be in this constant state of work in progress to even make this stuff work. But other than getting up very early, Helen, what? tell me, tell me how you fit all this stuff in. What do you do? I get up at half five, you, which is... You do early? get up early, it's but ridiculous. I am an early, but I go to bed, like now it's you know, nearly half nine. I should be in bed now recording a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, early morning person, not a late night person. But maybe to be a bit more constructive, how do I fit the stuff that I do in? I think... One of the main things that I do is I would say that I'm pretty tuned in to how I spend my time. And that's really important because I have to adjust it quite a lot. So maybe if I explain that a little bit. So I'm juggling all this stuff and my husband calls it, you know, all the all the spinning plates. And sometimes some of those plates are spinning faster than other times. And when that happens, let's say it's my, my job at Microsoft, we've got a big event on or I'm traveling a bit, that then consumes sometimes even more than five yeah. days because I'm working a bit in the evening, I'm working a bit at the weekend. And when that plate is spinning really, really fast, I've got to be able to slow some of the other ones down. Something's got to give. Yeah, yeah something's got to give. There is ultimately only 168 hours in a week. I can't I can't make more time. <laughs> only I, you would know that. I know. <laughs> You've calculated analyzed. every second of them. <laughs> but actually, honestly, it sounds really, really forced. But I have looked at those 168 hours and I have thought to myself okay, well, you know, how many hours do I spend asleep? So I really need somewhere between six and eight hours. And sometimes that's not always possible with children. I can do the odd night where it's a bit less than that. But generally, I need to have around about between six and eight hours. So I kind of take that off my week. And then you look at what you're left with. And there's certain stuff in there that, you know, I, I have to commute. So I have to add that time in. There's a certain amount of time I spend at work. And then there's some almost like discretionary time and I am just very tuned in to how I spend those 168 hours because I can't make any more. And I think what a lot of people do is they go through their week without that awareness. And yeah. so, and they won't realise they've maybe spent two and a half hours on Facebook and not that there's anything wrong with Facebook. I like Facebook, but they won't realise how much time they've kind of footed away. It's all right, they're not our sponsor. I know, so I, know I know, I know. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti anything. I'm just, it's more just your consciousness. If you think, oh, I've spent three hours in a bath every week but that relaxes you then that's absolutely fine but if you haven't realized how long you're spending just flicking through social media or you, you know whatever just watching tv for example and you think actually am I really happy that I spent four hours this week watching box sets when I maybe could have been doing that project or my side project or doing flow yoga or whatever your thing is yeah so it's about choices isn't it it's, it, it is it, it just, is that's what it all comes down to but you can't make those choices unless you're tuned into how you're spending your time and I'd say my experience is that I very regularly think about how I'm spending those 168 hours it'll be the magic number of this podcast but I, I literally will look in a week and think how have I spent that time and I'll step back and I'll say you know eight hours commuting x hours of sleep this many hours at work this many hours on a side project just to do all that kind of really objectively and then I'll take a step back and say am I really happy with that am I really happy that I've only spent two hours quality time with my husband probably not no I don't think that's great over the long term so I'll look at what little adjustments that I can make 
with the how I'm spending my time so that I can be happier about it. And so it's all about that awareness of how you're spending your time and then adjusting it. And and honestly doing that quite often because I think if I set now how I'm spending my time, I think in three, four months I might want to do it slightly differently. Yeah, and I think even when I was um, reflecting on this for Amazing If, we've definitely had periods where we spent loads of time on Amazing If mm. um, and it's been one of your faster spinning plates. Yeah. I remember when we first started, you know, us in my lounge with bits <laughs> of paper all over the wall, designing all of our courses and we were spending hours and hours every week for quite a concerted period of time getting the business up and running and then we've definitely had periods where we've been very conscious of um, you know, we're having a baby or... Yeah. Um, oh, that sounds really... so funny. We're having a baby, not together. Yeah. Like... No, we do loads of stuff together, but that's, that's not quite taken it that far yet. yet. Imagine how efficient that baby would be there. It'd be amazing. Um, no, it probably wouldn't. Based on no. my current baby, it probably wouldn't. Um, and so, and I, and I also remember times where, you know, you were doing a massive project at work or mm. I got something really big on at work where we were very honest with each other about saying, at the moment amazing if I just don't have quite as much time as I usually do so you either need the other person to take up slack or you need to just say we're going to need to prioritize and be really clear about what we are going to choose to spend our time on and I think it's those little habits in terms of a being conscious in in the first instance but then making kind of interesting habits habits that work for you so you know you don't all have to get up at 5 30 I can guarantee you I would never ever ever <laughs> choose to get up at 5 30 ignore the fact I've got a baby only to go on holiday that's the only reason I'd ever want to get up at 5 30 but I, I like a night I'm, I'm in a bit more of a night owl and you know you're super efficient I think with your time and that that suits you and that suits your mentality I would say I tend to sort of think slightly more just in the round mm. where uh, if I get to the end of a month probably almost less specific than you are and I just think do you know what I just haven't done that much exercise this month and I just don't feel good about that because I appreciate that doing exercise makes me feel good I think I'm better at my job when I do exercise etc and so if I just sense that something is slightly more out of kilter I then think right what do I need to do to then get that thing back to where I want it to be whether it's exercise whether it's work stuff whether it's you know amazing if stuff I think that's it though isn't it we're both doing slightly different but it's all about that awareness and tuning into how you're feeling are you satisfied are you not satisfied and not letting that dissatisfaction about the impact you're having or you know the things that you're achieving or doing go on for too long whether it's every week or every month if you're just kind of saying how have I spent my time am I happy with that what can I change to be more happy however you do that whether it's yours kind of thing it's a bit of an exercise or it's my thing once a week a bit formal with my hours it doesn't really matter. It's just that awareness of how you're spending your time. And I guess for me, what I would then do is to try and make the best out of the time that I've got because it is yeah. so finite and I am trying to squeeze in so many things. I'm not great with dead time. Now, I, I appreciate that some people will listen to this and they'll be thinking, oh my God, just just relax. <laughs> That's I, mean. <laughs> I always think that. I know, I know, when I know, you I talk know. to me about your life, I'm like, <laughs> oh, just... Get a Netflix box set on. Well, I do have a Netflix box set. I'm currently watching... Yeah, but you're like five years behind <laughs> everybody else. Behind. You're watching Broadchurch. I'm watching Broadchurch. It's 2018. <laughs> it's really good. I won't spoil it. But um, I guess my point was, I do do a bit of multitasking, which again, there's loads of stuff going on that says you shouldn't multitask. But my multitasking is stuff like when I'm commuting... I commute for about two and a half hours a day and I tend to listen to podcasts when I commute. So I don't have a lot of time now for reading. I love learning and I would love to read 
but the only time I would do it is when I'm in bed and to be honest I just want to go to sleep then so I have found a sort of a very efficient to me to do things like listen to podcasts when I'm or audiobooks when I'm driving and that's a good sort of 10 hours a week that I then get to you know get a book in which is which is a really really good way for me to do it or I just this is part of why I get up early is I get to work a little bit before everybody else and sometimes I might do some project work for 45 minutes on personal things or just work projects before everyone comes in and we get into the meeting mode so I just try to make the most out of quiet times of the day or like dead time in the day when I can do a couple of things at the same time. One of the things actually I think you've talked about which might be worth exploring a little bit more is managing your own energy. Mm. So you have loads of energy first thing and I would say actually when we work together definitely towards the end of the day that's not your preferred time of day that's I know I'm recording a podcast at half nine I'm sorry yeah. everybody I know we know you're going right if this lasts too much longer you're going to be asleep <laughs> at your desk and actually when we wrote our book together you know I would be the one where we were really hitting the deadline I was actually quite happy to work till midnight occasionally whereas actually you would be then yeah. I'll get up at five o'clock in the morning if I have to but I'd rather do that than work till midnight so I think knowing when you're kind of at your most productive and managing your energy just generally because there are some days where I think you can feel really in flow you know people talk about being in flow where you're just loving what you're doing there's loads of different things happening but often when you've had that experience you then need to give your brain time to kind of rejuvenate so -hmm. certainly for me as a specific example because I'm introverted I really enjoy days where they're packed with all the different things that I do so if I've had a day where I've gone to my kind of main day job and then actually afterwards I've gone and met up with my volunteers who I work with on a charity We've perhaps been WhatsApping during the day about something to do with Amazing If. I'll often get home and like, yes, I'll be really tired, but I'll feel really energised and satisfied with how I spent my day. Mm. But what I couldn't do is do that two days in a row. I know that I can't. If I then had to do something like that the day after, I just wouldn't look forward to it and I'd really struggle. It's a bit like training for a marathon. You know, anyone who trains and does anything kind of active, you know you need rest days. Yeah. And so I think when you're looking across your week, if you've got a big presentation, you've got a big thing at work, try and just think about uh, across a week, across a month, how are you spending your time so that you're giving yourself the best possible opportunity to really perform when you need to. And actually you're giving yourself time to have a lunch break, you know, have a chat with a friend, all of those kind of things that are still really important. And as well, maybe like a little minor tip for you, one that I haven't told you actually yet. Um, so where at the start of the year, I started journaling because I think I'm quite a reflective person and I find it just quite a healthy habit to do. And I've been journaling in an app called Day One. And I just write, today I have... I am grateful for tomorrow I will. It's like those three headings, oh, basically. Nice. And then, but you can tag the days. And so I tag them with, I only tag it actually when it's been a really great day. I have a tag called happy. And just, it's just really, really quick. And I just tag the day that I'm happy. I don't really analyze it too much. But my plan is after, you know, I've literally just started this in January. So I've been doing this now for about three, four weeks. And my plan is that maybe in a couple of months time, I'm going to look at all the tags, days where I've tagged happy. I'm going to try and take a step back and think about what are the consistent themes of those days where I've done happy. So maybe if you're not sure about, you're thinking, oh, how do I spend my time? How should I spend more of it so that it makes me really happy? That is just a really simple thing. The app is called Day One. Just you can put commentary in or you could literally just do the tagging, to be honest, and just... um, I don't think about it too much. It's just the days when I think, oh, that's been an awesome day and I just tag it as happy and then in a couple of months, I'm going to analyse it. That's a really good idea. 
Should we talk a bit about learning to say no? Yeah, because go on. I think I think this is a really important tip and choice for everybody when you're thinking about how you spend your time. And actually, some people I really admire and some of the mentors I've had in the past have said, actually, sometimes it's really useful to say yes to everything and see where things take you. And I agree that that can be useful for a period of time. But in terms of something that's sustainable, I think you have got to learn to say no and try to spend your time on the things that you know will add value to you, whether that's in your career, whether that's in how you're feeling physically, how you're feeling mentally. And it is okay to say no to things. And I think some of that can also be about the people that you choose to spend your time with, because I think that has a really big impact in terms of how you feel, especially, you know, at the end of a long day. So often people talk about the radiator and drain analogy. Some people you spend time with and you just come away feeling you know, enthusiastic and buzzy and they're radiators because they're so alive and they don't always have to be really extrovert people, but they're just people who really, you just, you know, you get a lot from the time you spend with them. And then there are those people who you just dread seeing their hard work, they're maybe negative. (laughs) They just don't bring a good kind of energy to a conversation. And I think over time, you know, as I've got busier and as I've done, I guess, a wider variety of different things, I definitely am more active in terms of sometimes thinking, no, that's not the event for me course that there's always something useful you can get from everything but you can't do everything and so I'm going to say I am going to say no to that person or to that event or to seeing that person and actually that's because this is the night that I do need to get home early to you know pick up my baby or yeah. this because it's the night I'm going to go and play netball and and that's okay because you, you have got to do a variety of different things but I think saying no and doing it in a way that feels comfortable and confident I think it's something that does take a bit of practice because it sometimes it, it doesn't always feel great to say no when especially if someone's asking you to do something where you feel like you should be quite grateful. Yeah, and I think you've got to say no maybe with an explanation. I th- I think sometimes if you say no yeah. then you, you it, it doesn't feel very nice as a person who's just like no I can't do Good. that. No thanks. But if you can say <laughs> no because I'm really focusing my time at the moment on making sure I do this podcast or I'm really focusing my time on making yeah. sure I write this book, I think it becomes something that people can understand a little bit more um, rather than just saying a flat out no which can feel a bit comfortable learn to say no say no in a way that you know you feel happy with and as Helen said just have that it's okay to explain why I think people often feel better when they know why you're saying no to something so next time your boss asks you to stay really late and it means you're not (laughs) going to get to go to the gym you know maybe think about saying okay well I can do that tonight but tomorrow night maybe you can't or maybe you can't do it that night but could you come in early the next day you know there are always compromises to be had and actually it's amazing how if when someone asks you to do a bit of work, if you said, oh, actually, tonight's the night I go to my yoga class, would it be okay if I finish this off tomorrow? Actually, nine times out of 10, it is okay. It's just been positioned in a way where somehow it feels really urgent for today. Yeah. So just make sure you're challenging, I would say. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, shall we go into some top tips? Yeah, yeah, you go first. I'm I'm intrigued about your tips. (laughs) Okay, top tips for spending your time wisely. I think my number one top tip, and I've spent quite a lot of time thinking about this, is having a supportive partner friends and family which feels quite different to everything that we've been talking about it's not very work related but I think if you do want to do a variety of different things you know if you're motivated by you know having a side project doing kind of extracurricular stuff and doing exercise and various different things you sort of need the people around you to understand that those things are important to you and why they're important to you and often you need their help whether that is physically need their help because you need them to get home earlier so that you don't have to or whether actually you just need their help in terms of feeling like oh it's okay you might not get to see them quite as much as you know you'd ideally want to because you're doing some of these other things that are important and so when I come back to all of the difficult choices you sometimes have to make about time or the fact that you know you and I are sitting here now recording a podcast on a Sunday evening at half nine you know, I've got a partner sitting downstairs <laughs> watching TV by himself. You've got a partner sitting next door watching TV by probably himself. Probably supposed to be broadchurch, um, fine. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because, and they're, they're both very yeah, supportive of what we do. And whether it's a partner or family or friends, I think just those people who are close to you make a really big difference to your ability to spend your time in the way that's important Absolutely. to you. Absolutely, and, and we did mention there, and I think it's very, very important as a manager. And, you know, you can't choose You that's can't true. choose your manager. So, you know, sometimes you don't get a great one and it's really hard. But when you have a supportive manager, it is so helpful in terms of enabling you to spend time in the way that makes you happy and creates the most value. So my manager at the moment at Microsoft, I'm able to be really, really open about... I need to do this, I need to leave at this time or whatever on a Friday to go and do this thing. And I can be really honest about what that is. And we can have a really good conversation about how I spend my time so that it creates the most value, but also brings me the most energy. And that, I think that's another person. There was someone was telling me about the, the five most important people in your life. And a manager is one of those people. And if we're talking about the yeah. support network that you need to you know, help you spend time in the way that makes you most happy, I think a manager's got to be in there and yeah, the, the challenge is sometimes we have tricky managers and sometimes we have really supportive managers. So that's that's the yeah. tricky bit. And if you're listening now and you are a manager, which loads of people will be, think about your role in terms of helping people to spend their time in a way that makes them happy. Because by you role modelling this behaviour, it will give everybody permission and people sometimes need more permission than you might realise to yeah. do the same. And so, you know, I certainly know when I've worked for brilliant leaders you know, before I had a family, when they made time to spend time with their family, so they were maybe leaving work early or working from home or working flexibly, 
I then felt that actually it was okay for me to do the exact same thing, but for different reasons, because I was doing Amazing If, because I was doing, you know, my side projects. So it doesn't have to be about having a family, but actually just seeing, you know, your leaders role model this sort of behaviour in terms of them being very conscious about how they choose to spend their time means that then, you know, all your team can as well. So for all those managers out there listening, you know, it's also good to reflect on, you know, the shadow that you're casting, I guess. So my, I guess my top tip maybe that we've not, we've not said, and, it, and to be yes. really honest, I think it is about fitting lots of things in is not always easy. And I think you have to be honest that you have to no. sometimes make sacrifices, whether that is maybe the quality sometimes, like I like to do things to a really high quality and the amount of things that I do sometimes means that I, I can't do it to the same quality. I've just finished my MBA and I would have loved to have aced every single thing but sometimes I didn't my husband would say to me my husband would say to me anything more than a pass is a waste because you've spent more time than you needed to do it I'm not sure that is a uh, benchmark that's very efficient yeah efficient husband but the I guess the point is there are some trade-offs you've got to make if you're going to squeeze different things in and so I think that the really really important thing is a, you've got to be honest that you're going to have to make some trade-offs and B, to make those trade-offs a bit emotionally easier, do stuff you're really passionate about because if yeah. you're trying to squeeze things in for other people because other people think you should do this or you think you should maybe do this because it's going to make you look good, it's going to feel twice as hard if you're not yeah. truly passionate about it. So all of the projects I do, whether it's you know, the way that I work at Microsoft to try and be a great leader that helps people, the work that I do at Amazing If, my initiatives, the writing I do for Marketing Week is all about helping people have happy careers. And I might do that in different ways, but that's what's at the crux of it. And when when I know that, it makes everything worthwhile and meaningful and I don't debate doing it but it gives me a reason to say no to some other things because yeah. if it doesn't meet that bar if it doesn't meet that how is this helping other people have happy careers then the sacrifice isn't worth it for me so be yeah. honest that you're gonna have to make a sacrifice and do the stuff that you're really really passionate about because that makes it easier to say no to the other stuff yeah and that's actually always my short answer to um you know how do you fit everything in you're doing loads of different stuff is well, I only do things that I really enjoy. I always do them with people who I really enjoy spending time with. So there's both the content I enjoy, but I also enjoy and feel like I'm learning from and get lots of value from all the different people around me. So that goes back to, again, there's almost like the work you're doing and the people bring those two together. And then you do get into that slightly cheesy thing of it just doesn't feel like work anymore. Lots of those extra things that I do, I, I would choose to do anyway, I think. You know, sometimes you get tired, but it feels like it's worth it. And maybe to make it really, really practical for people, an exercise that you could do is literally to write down all the ways you spend your time, like work, home, hobbies, all the things that you do. And then maybe have two columns, one which is um, how much you enjoy doing it. And yep. the second, which is how much you enjoy the people that you do it with yeah, and nice. score each item out of five. And then you'll be able then to see, you'll get a total score and the things that rise up to the top. So that'll be the things that you really enjoy and you really enjoy the people you do it with are the things that you should do more of. And maybe the things that go down to the bottom, that's the things that you don't enjoy and the people that you don't enjoy doing it with, you need to think about do you just extract yourself from that or are there any changes that you can make that makes it more enjoyable? But it might just be a slightly more critical way of some of the things that we've talked about, kind of getting it down on paper and doing a bit of an exercise with it. Okay, great. 
So um, shall we just start finishing off with some of the resources? We mentioned at the um, yeah. start of the podcast, we always like to give everyone a few ideas for things they can go and read, watch and listen to. And you mentioned the app. Remind me what the name of the app was again that you use for um, your daily so the, journaling. Yeah, the daily journaling app I use is called Day One. And I love it Day because one. you can take a picture. We can have to have a couple of pictures, but um, you have a picture, you can write some things, you can have some tags, you can export it to a book at the end of the year or a PDF. It's really, oh, nice. really nice. And it's free, which is that's great. <laughs> so that's good. one app. Another app that I think we've both used in the past is something called Headspace. And there's lots of mindfulness apps out there. I particularly like Headspace because they have something called Take 10, which is a really good introduction for people maybe who haven't meditated before. And it's just about taking 10 minutes almost to just be present and in the moment for yourself. And actually, it's a little bit a starting point for things like yoga that I mentioned I've started to get into, whereas it just forces you to just stop from everything else from your day and just have a few moments to reflect on kind of where you are. Are you enjoying what you're doing? All the sorts of things we've talked about. So if you're new to mindfulness and meditation, I definitely check out Headspace. And maybe a book as well. So yeah. I'm always wary of saying this book because the title sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds horrendous. It sounds so, like so you should the, have written it, to be honest. I know, I know, don't. So the book is called, here we go, Cringe, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, which is, it just sounds like the people that get up at half five with Helen. But it's, it's written by a lady called Laura Vanderkamp. And she also has some PDFs and things that you can search for to find this, but it is, it is a good book. But one of the things that she talks about that I really like is the idea of treating your time like a currency. So we talked yeah. about those 168 hours, but it's just a way of thinking about how you're, yeah, you're literally spending your time like it was a currency and where you went to invest your time. And she talks about the certain times in your day, depends on your own kind of energy levels, but the certain times where you'll get higher return from your investment. So for me, that might be in the morning, some of the things that Sarah talked about, for other people it's later. But I like the book because I like the concept, but I like how she frames it. It makes time management a kind of slightly more accessible yeah. accessible thing. And then lastly, maybe our blog, Sarah. So we've got a couple yes, of... Yep. A couple of posts on there on our blog around time management. There's one called How Do You Have the Time? And there's another one called Wouldn't It Be Amazing If I Had More Time? So you, there's a similar theme here. And you can find those um, on amazingif.com and in the section on blogs. And the one thing I would say is that, you know, we've really talked here about optimising your time, maximising your time. But within that, it is still really important to have lots of breaks. Yeah, it's absolutely fine to sit down when you get home, you know, with a cup of tea and watch an episode of Friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly drawing from my own experience here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's okay to do that. I don't think we're saying, you know, you've got to use every single second every perfectly. But I think lots of people actually talk to us about one of the things they would like is to be able to do more. And so what I really hope that today has helped with is some ways you might be able to find some more time to do some more of the things that you really enjoy and get a lot of value from. So that's it for today. I hope you found it a really useful podcast and can find a bit more time to do the things that you really love. Next week, we're actually going to be talking about how to find a mentor. So mentoring is something that comes up at lots of our courses and often the challenge is people are not really sure where to start in terms of specifically finding a mentor. So we're going to talk about how we found them in the past and which mentors have worked really well for us and which ones have not worked quite so well. In the meantime, you can stay in touch. You can follow us on Instagram, send any ideas for future episodes to at amazing underscore if, or if you want to, you can email us at getintouch at amazingif.com. So thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.